0: This is Dr. B and you're listening to Side Talk. My guest today is Dr. Andy Sat. He's a licensed psychologist and founder of Cherry Gulch and Novitas Academy. He's worked in various roles in the mental health field for over 20 years. This includes therapeutic boarding schools, residential treatment centers, wilderness therapy, inpatient psychiatric hospitals, outpatient clinics, youth corrections, schools, and group homes. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sapp.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Dr. B.
0: Sure. So why don't we start with just um, what is a therapeutic community? What do we mean by that? What does it entail? What's the environment like? Yeah, wherever you want to start.
1: So residentially speaking? Yeah. So... So yeah, there's a whole there's a there's a bunch of options, and I, I guess I, first I'd like to start with you know, we're we're not the first option, right? So we we always encourage families to seek outpatient mental health services in their local area, psychology and you know other therapy, psychiatry. But when that's not working, we encourage families to not give up, to keep trying to realize that a lot of these problems, most of them are not going to solve themselves on their own. And so taking that bold step to um, have an out-of-home placement as necessary. And so within that therapeutic community, we've got the residential treatment centers, the Therapeutic boarding schools, the kind of therapeutic wilderness programs, and, and there's some transport companies that will get you, you know, a student from one place to another if they're unwilling, and then educational consultants that help you know, families find the proper placement for their their child, <clears throat> and then we're we're all. You anyway, know, so we're just about all the programs, all the quality programs now are relationship based. So that building that relationship is super important in every one of those steps. And we find that as you have that relationship, all the interventions are more effective as well.
0: Maybe we could use Novitas Academy as a model. What's what distinguishes your therapeutic community from others, if that's the way you would even describe it, and. How do kids get to you? um, Given what you just said about you know how the process works.
1: So, so with Novitas Academy, we're we kind of look at ourselves as a therapeutic boarding learning differences L- LD boarding school and not all of our students have learning differences and i'm using that really loosely so you know I, I in my definition of it i would include ADHD and slow processing or working memory challenges as well as more of the traditional learning challenges as well as some mild emotional behavioral kind of challenges that are occurring simultaneously and what distinguishes us is really kind of that level of care there's a, a gap between the the residential treatment centers the r t c s which are much more of a, a structured sort of bubble wrapped experience where um you know there's there's a ton of supervision and then the the therapeutic boarding is kind of a notch down as far as the intensity of therapeutic services provided, and the novatos although although we have you know good staffing and good clinical support the students at Novatos actually have or can have a lot more freedom and privileges and 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 that's bridging the gap between Novatos and home a lot of times going from an RTC it's just kind of too big of a a bridge
0: RTC is residential treatment center
1: yeah and that's a much higher level of care and so, so a lot of times if you start out there, right, you would need a step down before you successfully transition back home. So Novitas, there is filling that gap between this higher level of care where you would typically need a step down, um, and home or traditional boarding or, or whatever is next. And so it, it makes another step before they have to cross such a huge gap where a lot of the students don't yet have the skills that they need to be able to successfully transition to college or career or home or um you know a traditional boarding school So so we provide individual, family, group therapy, uh, some really cool activities and internships and things, but we do it in a way that as students have gained the trust to be able to go out on their own, they can do that. We have a full on-site project-based learning school here at Novitas, but some of our students might take. Classes at the local public high school. Lots of them have been on the public school sports teams or attending the dances, and and you when know, they're doing that, they're you know they're just with their coaches and their teammates, and the same for a job. And I've even had some some young men that have you know teenagers that have had their own cars and would drive to the neighboring city of Boise for a job or a special class and come back and. And that, you know, a lot of us within the therapeutic community say, oh man, that seems, that, that, you know, I don't like that because it's not enough supervision. But then on the other hand, it's way more than you would get at home because you know, we have 24 7 awake staff and 20, 20 staff that work here with about 15 or so students. And so there's a, a good level of care but um, not like you'd have a a residential treatment center. And there you might not even, well, you wouldn't really let a student out of your site. You would radio from one building to the next and kind of very closely supervised. And that's great for the students that need that, but for the ones that... Don't have as severe of difficulties. Then we want to make it more of a real world situation, so they can continue to build those life skills and integrate with their learning, and you know have a have enough freedom to make some mistakes, and have the nurturing support to help get them back on the right track if they're kind of having a hard time. So ultimately, they can prepare to launch and find independence and get out there in the real world, you know, the goal is not to have them need to remain in a therapeutic environment forever. It's to get them those skills so that they can then launch to the next step.
0: Yeah. And in relation to what you were just saying, like what is the, the therapeutic component that's built into the milieu, built into the community that they're getting at a place like Novitas that they might not get at home? How would you describe it?
1: So that that's a that's a great question because I, I think that people don't always think about the importance of that that milieu the the just the the everyday kind of living and and being a part of a group and a, a residential community and that is super important in the there's an opportunity for the the staff to build those longer-term relationships and know a student better and, therefore, they're more likely to be allowed in by that student, and and then they'll be better able to determine you know, what would be helpful for that student, and then to have that student willing to accept that help. But even more than kind of, and, and also with the, the therapist, it's, it's really different when you have therapists that are working full-time on-site in the milieu, so they're seeing where there's problems, and they're able to intervene when a therapeutic moment arises, rather than uh, just kind of hearing it from the student of what happened back at school and not really having that same level of involvement. So that that makes it that's that's powerful from a therapeutic standpoint. But then the milieu itself with the other students and depending on the types of challenges that uh you know, a a boy or a girl are having, that can become the most important part because you're interacting with others. You're building, you can build those social skills, problem-solving, communication skills, critical thinking, reasoning, uh, and and, and even just that social skills component and the temperance and Trying to resolve grievances and problems and and then getting that feedback of you know was I a part of this, and what you know how was I annoying everybody, and maybe I should think about doing this a different way so I can have better peer relationships and of course the 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 research on therapy, as I'm sure you know shows that 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 relationship with the, the clinician is kind of the number one change agent within therapy But then looking at that on a kind of diving in a little bit more, they found that for teens, group therapy is actually even more effective than individual therapy for a lot of them. And it's, I think that part of that is just sometimes they, they are resisting something more traditional and they're resisting the adults in a lot of ways, but their peers are able to kind of reach them in a way that maybe, you know, uh, you know, like me, a 45-year-old psychologist wouldn't be able to connect the same way. And so hearing it from me or hearing it from a parent doesn't ring as true as hearing it from their peers. So so that's, that's super important. And then you're having staff that are supporting the process along the way and intervening as a therapeutic moment arises and Reporting back to the therapist of hey here's a an area that he's struggling and and then the therapist can work on that, and the family is a part of this as well in a collaborative process so so to me the the milieu is a really powerful extension of the therapeutic process. And and it allows for us to intervene and to kind of fine tune when those interventions are necessary.
0: So it's interesting. It's like the peers are both part of the problem and the solution simultaneously. And then you get to watch these things live um, that really push the teenager to have to work out some of these conflicts within a group. And I guess that dovetails with some of the problems that these kids come into these environments to begin with.
1: Yeah, absolutely and and although as like an administrator, you know, I want things to go as smoothly as possible, but but really from a change agent for a student, it's it's okay that there's some ups and downs and there's some conflicts or that you know this uh, you know particular boy is kind of uh, you know having a meltdown right now because that that starts to allow a student to strengthen their resiliency to start actually using some of the coping skills and in a real world experience to start to mentor and give back and try to show some leadership and which i I feel you know ultimately makes them more resilient kind of against negative peer pressure and things. And then I think also building that for some students, building some empathy and, and in a, in a generally speaking in a therapeutic environment like ours, I think that students are a little bit more forgiving and a little bit more willing to give their peers a second chance because they've all struggled to some degree. And so, so there's, They're less likely to kind of be completely ostracized. And in the smaller environments, uh, at Cherry Gulch, we have about 45 students, at Novitas, currently 15, you know, ranges typically 15 to 20. So they're small enough that a student's not going to slip through the cracks. The, the The therapeutic team, the staff, will be able to help, uh, help a student kind of work on whatever the skills are they need, the social skills or the anger management, to be able to be a part of that community. And once they start getting accepted and they have friends and they're feeling better about themselves, involved in positive, productive activities you kind of see that snowball effect of, you know, good things, build on good things. And then when they're able to navigate this community, they're much more able to navigate whatever is waiting for them back at home or if they're headed off to college or wherever they're going next.
0: How do you know when kids need to be in a therapeutic community? And I know that's kind of a big question, a complicated question, but... In your experience, and you've been doing this for a while, what are the telltale signs that a kid probably needs to leave home and 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 to be in a place like novatas
1: that, that is a great question so i I think that I think that one sign of that is that things aren't getting better in fact, they're probably getting worse even with intervention and there's a lot of great therapists and psychologists out there and, and, Sometimes that's all a family needs. A, their son, son or daughter might need some individual therapy, or they might need some family therapy, and then things get turned around. And if you know if that's not working, a evaluation with a psychiatrist, and so you try that. And if that's still not doing it, then we don't want to let too much time go by. We we want to continue to try some interventions, and if it's not getting better. Then that's a telltale sign. Like we we've, we've tried, we've tried this and that and the other thing, and it's still not getting better. Maybe we don't have the resources here in our home or our community to help our son or daughter get to the place that, that they need to get to achieve success within their own life and to, to better be able to be a functioning member of our family. And I think that that's an incredibly difficult decision to make for a family. But but I I think that if you've tried these other steps, that it's, it is unlikely to just resolve itself on its own. And it's a pretty big risk to just kind of wait and hope. And so instead taking the bold move of getting outside help and, and and even residential help can be, can be a a lifesaver. And so um, that would be sort of how I would make that decision. Also, maybe the, the level of difficulty, like Novotis, we, we work with what I call a softer student, and they they don't have as severe of issues. But you know, if a a student is engaged in more dangerous behavior, then I would make that decision even quicker. And and even with the age, right? The at Cherry Gulch Cherry Gulch specializes in working with the younger students. So we're licensed as young as nine years old, typically. Uh, we we don't have nine year olds, but we do have quite a few, you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen year olds, and and for them, if we can get them back on the right track before they get too far down the wrong road, it can save them from you know, all sorts of bad decisions and trouble, and and get them back on track before high school even starts, which is you know great for them. I, I would also consider hiring an educational consultant and having a full battery of psychological testing done and, and the, that that can help navigate kind of this world of residential options and give a family a little more confidence that they're making the right decision and a little bit of guidance because it's hard to tell what you're getting through like a website or a glossy brochure or talking on the phone to basically a salesperson. And so if you, if you have a consultant that's been there and has had other students that had success with that program and have worked with lots of students that have likely had similar issues to your child, then I think it can help parents, reduce their anxiety and relax a little bit in that they've got that professional consultation and are more likely to find the right fit.
0: And have you seen any trends among the kids that are coming into your therapeutic community these days to Novitas? Any trends in the kinds of problems these kids have that might be different from uh, in the past from five, ten years ago? Has there been any pattern that you've noticed in that way
1: well i I think that it uh, I think in general we're we're seeing a lot more tech addicted students where you know it's it's a real battle for parents to manage the digital world and you know media and all of video games and you know all of that stuff and and so some students i think kind of use that as a form of escapism or to build a uh, an an unreal image of themselves because maybe they're not feeling super good, good about who they really are or lacking some social connection. And so reaching out to find that in a safe kind of digital, what they feel is a safe digital world, as far as from rejection on through you know, people they're finding, playing video games with online or, or what have you. So we're seeing more of that. Um, there, there are places that Specialize kind of just in in that component. We we work a lot with that here, just because we're seeing such an increase in students, kind of within that realm. Uh, um, another area that I'm seeing an increase, and in, you know, it's not necessarily a good fit for Novitas, but uh, there's uh, I think there's an increase in like you know pot hot smoking and THC vaping and and those types of things as well. So, like here, we we don't work with drug-seeking students, um, but some of our students have experimented with substances, but many more have not, and again, that's just because of the... the more freedoms that our students have with with them being able to get off in the community and have that community integration model where they're doing internships or on the sports teams or going to the dances and, and various activities, like we're not the right fit for someone that's going to be drug seeking. But if they're, but, but on the other hand, if they had just experimented and really as a way of fitting in socially and, Trying to make connections, we we might be a, a good fit. But those two areas are areas that I think just across the board from residential programs that uh, those uh, admins are increasing. And yeah. I think another area is kind of the autism spectrum. We we've um, over the last 15 years, I've seen a lot more of
0: that. Any idea why you would see more? kids on the spectrum these days like are there are there any theories floating around even if they're not scientifically based or people really don't know the answer to that or do you have any hunches?
1: There's theories floating around but um, I, I really I am not sure about that. I, I think that some of it is just you know better better awareness of our clinicians and and starting to realize what's going on uh, um as I was being trained you know i had very little training in in that and so I'm I'm sure that in kind of my my earlier days I, I probably would have missed it, and and so I think that it's uh, you know people know a lot more about it than than we used to, and so we're better able to diagnose it, and there's more interventions being developed to kind of help build you know that social cognitive uh, functioning and and you know, reading social cues and just having Positive social interactions, but but as far as beyond just increased education from the providers to be able to you know, find it and diagnose it, I'm not I'm not sure. You know, I, there's theories. Uh, that there are other theories out there, but uh, I don't know that there's any of them that I feel confident enough in to even you know bring it up.
0: And you mentioned earlier that sometimes kids, you know, go um, to wilderness before they come to a therapeutic community like Novitas or, or another one. Can you tell us a little about like, what is wilderness? I mean, I, I think a lot of people don't understand what it's about, what it provides. I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what it is. Can you give us kind of a a, a general overview of Of the, of what it is and also just the value of it as a, as a first step when a kid leaves home and may be on his way to a therapeutic community like Novitas.
1: Yeah, I, that's such so important because uh, I, I don't think a lot of people know about it. And, and in fact, even with me going through my doctorate program, I, I didn't know about any of these things that I had mentioned with kind of the wilderness or the therapeutic boarding or the residential treatment centers or the ed consultants or the kind of adolescent transport agents or any of that world, we just weren't really educated or taught about it. And wilderness, I think, is really misunderstood. And that I think people think of it as boot camp and they're there, I'm sure there are some kind of boot camps out there, that, but that's not what what I'm talking about and kind of this therapeutic community is talking about when we say wilderness program. So just one resource for your listeners is NATSAP, N-A-T-S-A-P, the National Association of Therapeutic Schools and and Programs and their website is netsap.org. There's wilderness programs listed there. There's RTCs. There's young adult transitions. There's the therapeutic boarding. And generally speaking, those are good quality places. And again, if if you were interested in, in hiring an educational consultant, you'd want to look for someone that has a specialty in kind of these therapeutic placements. But you can find... You can search for them on I E C A Online dot com. That's the Independent Educational Consultants Association dot com. Um, so with wilderness, it's a generally all of these programs. We all agree that that relational component is super important. So it it starts out as there's a, a relational component to it, and and why wilderness is important is it, it takes away all the distractions of everyday life. And you know, generally speaking, they're way out in the desert or, you know, out in the mountains. And, and so there, there are, there's no technology out there. There's none of the, the kind of comforts of your daily life. And a lot of the students that we work with uh, have a sense of entitlement. And so it starts to kind of help them let go of some of that as well and being starting to have a little bit of gratitude for some of those small things in their their life and, and the power of the nature and the natural environment to kind of help create initial therapeutic change is is really great and and that comes from the sense of peace, the sense of quiet, the sense of being with your thoughts, the sense of pride in overcoming a challenge. Whether like they you know, they they do what's called bow drilling, which is basically starting a fire by rubbing sticks together, which is not easy. And. So there's challenge in there and there's frustration in that, but then as you get that success, you, you feel good. And then as you're doing the the therapeutic groups and you're doing individual therapy and you know, you're getting guidance from your you know the 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 counselors, the direct care staff, the wilderness guides out there, you're building those relationships and you're getting rid of a lot of the rough edges. So. A student that, you know, is typically, you know, most students aren't super thrilled about going off to a therapeutic environment and the wilderness they might get there and they might be really upset and angry and yelling and, you know, causing a ruckus in, in a number of weeks. And uh, oftentimes these are, you know, it's like 60 to sixty to 120 days is typically where the range of like a wilderness program stay would fall in. Then you get the rough edges off. And so now, now they're, they're leaving there in what we'd call a wilderness high. They've, they've had various successes. They've done something that a lot of people have never done. They've been sleeping on the ground and they some places they, they like make their own backpacks other places are are have a different model where they might even be doing some mountain biking and rock climbing and canoeing or rafting and you know various activities whereas then there's others that are you know more just hiking from place to place and it's uh, a little bit more primitive you might say that in any of those settings the same basic strategies take place. The ability to to get a student to where they're they're vulnerable and they're starting to have introspection on their own life and see you know what challenges that they they need to face and to start working on and taking some responsibility for their role in whatever the situation is and and starting to let go of some of the anger and resentments that they may have built up. And then when they get to a place like Novitas, now they're more willing to participate because they've already kind of done a lot of that hard work of letting go of some of their anger and getting to a place of accepting and being more willing to engage in the therapeutic process. And then frankly, they're, they're, they're less likely to get, kicked out because they've already kind of dealt with a lot of those rougher areas that like we might not be as willing to kind of deal with for um, a prolonged period of time.
0: And this really could only take place if you take the kid out of their comfort zone, like you said, away from their distractions and put them in this completely unfamiliar environment with equipped counselors other kids and there's the I guess the whole group phenomenon kind of like what you were describing at Novitas.
1: Yeah, you just you just really can't replicate that at home and and and, it, and it's the environment that's so different. And and even from for a student it's like a run risk. You're you're probably not gonna run away from wilderness because you you're like literally in the middle of nowhere, so you've you've got to work through through it and 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 an oppositional kid like he doesn't want to do what's uh, um, what he's asked to do. There's uh, there's a lot of things that you know you're just being asked to do it so that you don't get dehydrated or you don't get a sunburn or because if you roll up your pack this way, it won't fall apart and you'll be better able to carry it. And, and so all these things that are really just kind of helpful tips, but if you're refusing, you're going to quickly learn, Oh, you know, this isn't working. Like I, I need to, um, I, I need to listen to what my counselors are telling me and, you know, try to, try to, um, not be so resistant, because they're just trying to help me out and and so that piece of those natural consequences. Uh, can be really powerful too, where like the places that I'm talking about, they're not places that they're yelling at kids or barking orders. You know, it's, they're, they're nice people. They're, they're therapy humans, so to speak. They're relational, but still, if you're, if you're not listening, um, it's not going to go as well for you and you're going to have more struggles. And eventually you're going to start to realize that, um it's okay to start to trust the adults it's uh, it's okay to be vulnerable and let let them know what's really bothering you and and then to you know kind of let your guard down and let other people in sort of let go of that mask it, because the it's such a different environment it it will be challenging and it, and that challenge is a good thing because that challenge is helping us get to a deeper level and helping the students gain those skills to be able to handle other hardships in their life.
0: Yeah, as well as probably promote the kid getting to know themselves in a in a new way than they wouldn't have been able to otherwise.
1: Yeah, and then the, there there's the there's a lot of Self-confidence and kind of pride that comes from doing something hard, and it really is an accomplishment getting through a wilderness program. And and a, you know, most of the students that that I've worked with ultimately end up loving that experience. Not not all. I think they all have learned something from it, but most of them really love it. And most of them hated it when they started. And so. When when I was a wilderness therapist, that that was actually one of the things that I looked for to help determine if the student is ready to go, and and that was their attitude and their willingness and their level of resi- resistance, but. But also, do they do they start to see the beauty of nature and start to appreciate that sunrise or sunset or the the flower that they come across on on the trail, and you know, start to get to a place of gratitude and peace and calm, and and then you start to think, okay, I think that this uh, you know, this student is ready to move on to the next step, uh, um, but but that that. That I think it's important to realize that there likely will need to be a next step.
0: Well, there's a lot here and um, really appreciate you giving us a lay of the land and um, it's very informative, especially coming from an expert such as yourself who's been in the field for a while. So thanks a lot for joining our show and hopefully we'll get to continue this conversation uh, at some other point.
1: That sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. B, for having me on and You have a great week, as well as all your listeners.
0: All right, thanks a lot.